Sophie Enright stared at the two flat tires on the driver's side of her car and wondered if she'd ever had a worse day in all her 32 years. It started when both the victim and the star witnesses for the assault case she was prosecuting failed to appear in court and were nowhere to be found. The judge had given her until four o'clock to produce them, and when she couldn't, he dismissed the case. It was never a good day when that happened. She opened the trunk of her car and peered inside. One spare, two flats. She slammed the lid, got into the car, called her boyfriend Christopher and listened while the phone rang, then went to voicemail. I'm on the fourth level of the parking garage with not one, but two flat tires. My case went into the tank after my victim and my witnesses failed to show, and I was forced to endure a blistering tirade from Judge Palmer. I'm parked in my usual spot. Bring food. She disconnected the call, then dialed for roadside assistance. I'll need your guy to bring a spare, she said after being told that they had someone on the road in her area. Not a problem, the dispatcher assured her. Hang tie right there, and we'll have you fixed up in no time. Sophie sighed and searched her bag for the paperback novel she'd started over the weekend, grateful that she had enough gas in the tank to keep the heater running. She opened one window for a little fresh air, then settled back into her heated seat to read. After twenty minutes, she tried Christopher again. Still no answer. Thirty more minutes passed, and she called the dispatcher once more. He's on his way, she was promised. He'll be there any minute. Any minute turned out to be fifteen, but once help arrived, both spares, hers and the one the driver brought with him, were changed and she was free to go. She glanced at her watch, 7.20. Cursing softly under her breath, Sophie turned the key in the ignition and started out of the parking lot. She drove down to the second level, which was now empty except for a black BMW sedan off by itself on the far side of the garage. A black BMW sedan that looked uncannily like Christopher's. She drove slowly around one concrete post, then another, and stopped in front of the car. How many black BMW sedans, complete with a U-Pen sticker on the right rear bumper, could there be in the courthouse lot at this hour? Sophie figured that Christopher, also an assistant district attorney, must be working late. She started to dial his number once again, then decided to surprise him in the office. She parked next to him and got out, slammed her car door, and had taken three steps in the direction of the stairwell— when she heard voices coming from the BMW. Without thinking, she walked around the car and looked into the back seat. Oh, crap. Christopher's voice. What? A woman asked. What is it, Chris? Where are you going? The backside passenger door opened, and Christopher, her Christopher, emerged, his shirt unbuttoned, one hand zipping his pants, and the other slamming the door to keep whoever was inside inside. Sophie, I I can explain, he stammered. No, actually, you can't. Sophie's stomach nodded and her mind went blank. She took several steps back, then got into her car and poked the key into the ignition with shaking hands. Sophie, wait, wait. Christopher's voice trailed behind her as she pulled away. You asshole. Tears rolling down her face, she yelled as loudly as she could, even though he couldn't have heard. You are a total and complete asshole. She slammed a hand on her steering wheel for emphasis. Her phone began to ring, and she knew who it was without looking at the caller ID. I'm only answering because I want you to know what a dickweed I think you are. He sighed heavily, as if exasperated. Dickwad. What? I think the word you want is dickwad. Funny, but that professorial tone that she used to think made him sound intellectual suddenly seemed obnoxious. Whatever, she snapped. 
Sophie. Can it? We are so done. She hung up. She blew the red light at the corner and felt a momentary touch of relief when she realized there were no cars coming from the opposite direction and no police officers to flag her down. Since starting at the DA's office seven years ago, she'd been careful not to do anything that might cause her embarrassment when she had to face the cops in court. Getting stopped for running a red light would be one of those things, especially at that moment when she knew her mascara was running and her face was a blotchy mess from crying. Hardly the professional image she'd worked so hard to create. The street in front of her condo was slick with the cold rain that had been falling since early afternoon, and she was lucky to find a parking spot close to her door. She hopped out and dodged puddles. Water splashed up on her legs and her skirt anyway, but she barely noticed. The red message light was flashing on her phone, but she ignored it. She dropped her briefcase near the door and kicked her shoes halfway across the room.